In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. What's that? We're not a democracy! This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Relentless Daring Media Network. Welcome back to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show, streaming live on twitch.tv slash Tyler Morgan Show. Or maybe you're checking this out on the YouTubes. That'd be youtube.com slash at the Tyler Morgan Show. I don't know. They make it so complicated. But, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications. That way, every time a new episode posts, you get the alerts. The alerts are good. And or maybe you're watching this on Rumble. Go to rumble.com and search for the Tyler Morgan Show or Relentless Daring. Either way, you will find it and you'll see my glorious mug. Before I get started, let me tell you about my glorious mug and how I keep it looking so nice and well-groomed, and that would be through my partners at Blue Collar Beardsmen. Blue Collar Beardsmen are handcrafted beard oils made with the finest ingredients, the finest scents, just for you. And they, when they get to talking about, you know, the, you know, knowing what's like, you know, as blue collar people and marketing to them, the owner of blue collar beardsman also owns an HVAC company. His dad does lawn mowing, metal working, auto mechanicing. Blue collar is his entire life. So check out their amazing line of sense. You know, me, I like the, uh, I'm getting told that my live stream has no video, which is really weird because I'm looking at my face on the monitor. Now, let me see. Maybe if I do something here, webcam, turn that off, turn it back on. Ah, okay. Now he said the video is working again, so apologize for that. Yeah, I know, Sean. I do have new glasses. I got my old man's spectacles on and my bifocals. I can look down. I can see not very clearly. But anyways, <clears throat> back to uh, talking about beards and beard oils. At Blue Collar Beardsman, they're, like I said, everything is handcrafted. They make it just, I mean, just perfect. The, the great, great blend of oils that really treat and condition the hair of your beard and mustache. And scents that aren't overpowering, that don't fade really fast. It's absolutely amazing. And also be sure to check out the subscription de- the subscription packages where you get the monthly uh, special release scent. Coming up for October's, get your orders in now, and you will be able to get the Working to Death scent, which is a lot of apple and pumpkin and just generally... Generally fall sense. So check it out, bluecollarbeardsman.com. All right. So getting into things, um, it is safe to say that the government will not shut down. If I can grab the right story to read here. <clears throat> the government will not shut down. There was a continuing resolution passed today because, you know, they only had all summer to come up with a spending plan. The the whole idea that you're going to wait until the very, very end of the funding period to start trying to hammer out a deal is stupid. And the whole idea that Kevin McCarthy is, well, I'm just trying to, you know, work this out and blah, blah, blah. Okay, if you're waiting until, like, the last two weeks of the fiscal year, you're <coughs> pardon me, you're not doing your job right. 
prior to starting the recording, I had a sip of whiskey go down the wrong pipe, and I'm still kind of hacking and coughing over it. So I apologize. Yeah, like I said, Kevin McCarthy and the other House leadership waits until the very end of the year. And then, uh, surprise, they start trying to do stuff to twist the arms of the more right-wing, the more right-leaning members of the GOP into signing off on crap. And then suddenly they're like, wait, <coughs> pardon me. Wait, what, what do you mean you don't want to vote for this? What do you mean you think this is horrible? Well, I mean, Speaker McCarthy, you cut a deal with the Republicans that, hey, we will make you the speaker, but we're going to hold you to this. We're going to hold you to break up, you know, the these big omnibus bills into smaller, more manageable packages that can be better, uh, better budgeted. We could say, okay, here is how much is going in. Here is how much we're going to go out so we know that this spending package will be running a deficit or will be, you know, we'll actually cut spending. It's not that hard. I, but anyways, they don't do that. And so now this happens every time. Oh, we can't do it. We can't do it. We don't have the votes. Well, okay. Okay, but why haven't you been working on this for, like I said, the last several months? <coughs> but they they got a CR done. And, oh, it's freaking awesome because this is an article from Politico. So you know it's going to be right down the middle. In a shocking turn, the House on Saturday took an overwhelmingly bipartisan vote to avert a shutdown at midnight on Sunday with the majority of Democrats bailing out the GOP. Speaker Kevin McCarthy passed the 45-day stopgap funding patch. Stopgap funding patch. <coughs> they, they really, really love. Just, make, just say the 45-day CR. Not that hard. This has been running on for the past, what, 15 years? Is continuing resolution since 2009? Because, you know, how dare we have a budget? Anyways, uh, with 335 to 91, with help from more than 200 Democrats and 90 Republicans. So what went into it to get the Dem- get that many Democrats to sign on? <coughs> Man. Get a little whiskey down the wrong pipe, and it just uh, tears your throat up for the rest of the night. It's an unexpected move that is certain to accelerate a far-right rebellion aimed at taking his gavel. The bill now goes to the Senate, where it is likely to pass just before the shutdown deadline. Uh, McCarthy's abrupt shift in strategy came after weeks of unwillingness to take any route that pits him against a handful of conservative hardliners, who have refused to allow any bipartisan efforts to stave off a shutdown. This is where it gets awesome. (coughs) This is from a sitting congressman. There was an outcry from the rank of file that that won a CR. We're tired of effing around. I, I censored. I said effing, not him. We're tired of effing around with these whack jobs. They voted against it yesterday, so let's just put up a clean CR, said Representative Don Bacon, Republican from Nebraska. (laughs) Nebraska, are you really happy with this kind of go along to get along? As As long as I get paid, screw the rest of the country. Is this what you elected Don Bacon to do? I say send his ass home here in 2024. Primary him out and get someone who actually gives a rat's furry backside about, you know, reeling in the government, cutting spending. Because as we've seen, 
since, you know, the Bush administration, especially 2007, 2008, the, uh, with the housing market collapse and that that recession, our spending just went <laughs> throughout the Obama administration, throughout the Trump administration, through the Biden administration. I mean, right now, Donald Trump, and I am willing to get called lots of nasty names by my own side. Donald Trump increased the deficit. The national debt went up over $8 trillion under Donald Trump alone in four years. Uh, Biden, in two years, has gone up almost that much. But, like I said, it's not a left problem. It's not a right problem. It is a government problem. It is a both sides issue that needs to be dealt with. Unfortunately, no side is serious on it. No side really gives a rat's anus just as long as their donor class keeps getting their government handouts. The vote capped a frenetic day in the House where almost no lawmakers headed to the Capitol on Saturday morning had any hope for bipartisan deal-making. But McCarthy shocked his party and most on the Hill by deciding to put up a clean bill, basically we're going to take what everything we had before with nothing attached to it, <coughs> except for maybe the Ukraine spending, because for some reason, everyone loves Ukraine. Let's give Ukraine these trillion, these billions and billions and billions of dollars that we're, we're no longer just funding their war efforts. Now it's came out through 60 minutes that we are funding Ukraine's retirement system for government employees. We are paying for their first responders. We are keeping small businesses alive in Ukraine with our government money. When I say our government money, I mean our tax dollars, the money that we work our asses off for, and the first people who get a bite of it is Uncle Sam. They're taking that and giving it to another country so they can keep their businesses open. Meanwhile, we have small businesses in America that cannot pay their taxes because they're not making enough money, and they have to close down. But I digress. <clears throat> Pardon me. The short-term funding patch that, that, oh my gosh, the CR that passed includes none of the GOP spending cuts or border policies. What a shocker. The only addition... $16 billion for disaster aid sought by the White House. Yeah, because <coughs> now maybe that $16 billion is going to go towards the flooding in New York from where the, uh, the tropical storm dumped a crap ton of rain on New York City. And it fell so fast, the infrastructure could not keep up with it, and so everything backed up and the city flooded. You know, all the lefties say, oh, climate crisis because of all the, you know, New York doesn't get this kind of weather. It happens every couple of years. A tropical storm, a nor'easter, something that brings in a crap ton of water to New York City. It falls at, at a rate where the, the uh, stormwater system cannot keep up with it because it's only designed to handle a certain amount of rain spread out over a certain amount of time. And when you exceed that, what happens? It floods. That's all it is. It's not, oh my God, there's a monsoon when it's supposed to be drought season. No, it's not that. It's not that at all. It's just a rain event. These things happen here in Missouri where... So all of a sudden, out of the blue, it rains five inches of rain in an hour. City, the city stormwater processing can't handle it all, so it just runs off the top of the top of the ground, top of the roads. It backs up the sort the storm drain systems, <clears throat> and you have water standing in the streets. And then once it catches up, it pumps off fairly quickly, or it run, or it runs off into the streams and gutters like it's supposed to do. 
But, you know, common sense isn't common. Again, I digress. Maybe I should try the whistle pig, and hopefully the whistle pig won't try to kill me this time. Anywho's, uh, if someone wants to make a motion against me, bring it, McCarthy told reporters after the vote on Saturday, daring his opponents to force a vote on his speakership as a result. His moves sent Democrats scrambling on Saturday scrub the bill for unsavory add-ins while spending multiple hours on delay tactic- tactics. Ultimately, most Democrats backed the bill, though House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries did not formally whip his members either way. Representative Greg Meeks, Democrat from New York, said he had no clue there would be a path to avoiding a shutdown when he arrived at the building this morning. I had no idea because they're clearly dysfunctional and unpredictable. That's because... <clears throat> All right. So they talk about... There's lots of talk. Oh, the Republican Party, the Republican House, the Republican Senate, they're, they're dysfunctional. Oh, my God. Well... It's not that there's dysfunction. The problem is you have the establishmentarians. You have the establishment, old school, you know, we're going to do it a certain way because we think we can run the technocracy better than those guys over there. Not a what they're doing is bad. And so we're going to dismantle it and make it and make it smaller, more easy to run. No. It's all a matter of we want the power. That's all it is. We want the power. And as such, when you get people who stand up against the cronyism, you get people who stand up against the bullcrap, you get people who stand up against the massive spending, suddenly, oh my gosh, there's dysfunction because they're going to hold the guy accountable. It's absolutely ridiculous. And from the start, when Kevin McCarthy's name first came up as... You know, oh, he's going to he's gonna be the next speaker. He's going to be the next speaker. I just knew this was eventually going to happen, that the guy is going to go back to being the big government, big spending, you know, Republican light that he had been his entire career. And the only reason people like Kevin McCarthy is because Donald Trump got behind him. Donald Trump endorsed him in his last re-election bid. Donald Trump endorsed him for the speaker, for speakership. It's, but at the end of the day, he's the exact same person that he was when he was, you know, pissing off conservatives because of big spending and siding with Democrats on this, that, and the other. He's just controlled opposition. You know, you have Democrats. Oh, at least when uh, we didn't take us 15 votes to get a speaker. That's because you all are on the same page. Democrats have always been on this page of, we're going to use the government to take all these people's money and we're going to give it to the poor's. In exchange for the pause, keeping us in power. <laughs> and it's, they have no issues. Meanwhile, in the Democrat, in the Republicans, excuse me, you have this, you have the Rand Pauls, you have the Ron Pauls, you have the, oh, dadgummit, the, the Thomas Masseys. The guys who have always been on the outside going, um, yeah, we shouldn't spend money on that. Hey, we shouldn't give them that much control. Hey, we have this law on the books. Why are we not enforcing this law? And 
These guys are the outcasts because they don't believe in government controlling every part of your life. Now, suddenly, they're starting to get more guys like that into Congress. Yeah, I'm sad to say that, you know, one of the people who's in Congress, a Republican, who tends to side more with the big government spending is Morgan Luttrell. Morgan Luttrell, the retired Navy SEAL, who was the twin brother of Navy SEAL Marcus Luttrell. He has been kind of a disappointment. I mean, he's not a he's not as in your face bad as another former Navy SEAL. Uh oh Congressman Ipatch. Dan Crenshaw. I don't I don't know why his name slipped me. I have such disdain for Dan Crenshaw, but his name's kind of beep, out of my brain. You know, it, it, it's so depressing that we keep sending the, sending these guys. Um I put out on Twitter that uh Congressman Tony Gonzalez Tony Gonzalez, not to be confused with the with the Hall of Fame uh, Hall of Fame football player Tony Gonzalez, who used to play for my beloved Kansas City Chiefs. Um, uh, Tony Gonzalez has been an absolute disaster for the 23rd District of Texas. And while I have no influence on the 23rd District, I do endorse uh, the Republican challenger looking to primary Tony Gonzalez in, you know, next spring. And that would be one of my favorite YouTubers, Brandon Herrera. Brandon Herrera, he's another veteran. He's a Navy guy. He's very pro-2A. He's very uh, reduced government spending. He's very get the government in check. Take what you have, streamline it, and make it work and make it efficient. So I 100% endorse him. I hope he I hope he primaries out Gonzalez and he brings a good voice for Texas into Congress. And I'm going to lose track of all my time before I get to where I want to be, but I this one this is one of those nights where I don't even need whiskey to fuel the rants. They just fuel themselves. Say again, the whiskey tried to kill me before I went on the air, so I have that going for me. All right, so into the next line of business. First blood has been drawn in the Georgia Rico case. Uh, one of Donald Trump's co defendants has pled guilty. And I'm 99% sure he will help bring down many other people. In this case, I don't know how likely he is to have an effect on Donald Trump's case, you know, itself. But he is the he is the first to go down. Uh, Scott Hall was the first person to plead guilty in the 19 defendant case. Scott Hall, one of the 18 defendants charged along with former President Donald Trump for allegedly interfering in the 2020 presidential election results pleaded guilty on Friday. Under terms of the agreement with Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis's office, Hall pleaded guilty to five misdemeanor, five misdemeanor, five misdemeanor charges and will be sentenced to five years probation if he abides by the terms of the deal. He also agreed to testify in related court hearings and trials stemming from the sprawling 41-count indictment that was unsealed in August. Basically, they flipped him. It's like, hey, I will tell you what I know about all this stuff if, if you drop all the felony stuff and give me misdemeanors. Which, I mean, I guess from his point of view, that's great. I mean, you can't go wrong with you pleading down to catching probation and fines. But... Then again, um, I don't know. I don't know how badly they had him backed into a corner where he was damned if he did and damned if he didn't. 
But that's not for me. That's not for me to decide, you know, how it was. But anywho, I understand conditions, blah, 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 blah. Hall plead guilty of five counts of conspiracy to commit intentional interference with performance of an election. Hall, 59, is a bail bondsman who was hit with charges relating to a voting system breach in Georgia's Coffee County in early 2021. He was also the first of the 19 defendants charged in the case to surrender last month. Also named in the indictment as participating in the Coffee County conspiracy was former Trump attorney Sidney Powell, who is scheduled to stand trial for those charges in late October. Powell has pleaded not guilty. In the indictment, Hall was charged with numerous felony counts, violation of the Georgia RICO Act, two counts of conspiracy to commit election fraud, conspiracy to commit computer theft, conspiracy to commit computer trespass, conspiracy to commit computer invasion of privacy, and conspiracy to defraud the state. Under the terms of the plea deal, Hall will also have to write an apology letter to the state for his conduct. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do it. I just got caught up in the moment. Please forgive me. Do, 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 do. Pay a $5,000 fine, serve 200 hours of community service, and provide the DA's office with a recorded statement, which he has already done. A spokesperson for the DA's office declined to comment on the plea deal. An attorney for Hall did not immediately respond to a request for comment. In other court activity Friday, U.S. District Judge... Steve C. Jones denied bids by former Justice Department official Jeffrey Clark and three three so-called alternate electors to move their cases to federal court. The four were among the 19 indicted in Fulton County last month. Clark had argued that he was acting in his federal capacity when he urged DOJ Brass to intervene in the 2020 election. He allegedly pressed then-acting U.S. Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen to send an official Justice Department letter to Georgia's governor and legislature leaders on December 28th, saying DOJ had identified significant concerns that may have impacted the outcome of the election in multiple states, including the state of Georgia. Rosen refused to do, do so despite pressure from Trump, who had threatened to fire and replace him with Clark, because the Justice Department had found no evidence of significant fraud. Oh, they make it really, really crazy. But yeah, so first blood has been drawn in Georgia. Now, I don't necessarily know how this is going to go on behalf of everyone else. Because as part of it, he has agreed to testify. He's go- He's been flipped. Now, who knows? Maybe he just, you know, involves gets involved with convictions for other low-ranking members of this conspiracy. But I don't know. I doubt as, you know, a local guy, he has much influence over, you know, Donald Trump's case or Sidney Powell's case. Like I said, it's just first blood and... Have to wait and see see how it goes with these other trials that he testifies at. Anyways, I'm gonna take a quick break and I will be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
I apologize about that. Apparently, I hit the wrong button. Still getting used to these whole bifocals things. No, I've had them for like I've had them for like a week, and I was like, I still can't see what I'm doing. Anywho's, before I get into the last big subject that's going to have me kind of fired up and irritated tonight, let me tell you about my favorite beverage. I know you see all these whiskey bottles up above my head, and I do love me a good a good uh, snort of whiskey on occasion. But my true favorite beverage is coffee. And the only coffee that I prefer is the Amazing Coffee from American Pride Roasters. American Pride Roasters has an amazing lineup of flavors and blends of coffee. They even have coffee drops where you get... A little bit of chocolate, a little bit of ground coffee bean. So you get the sweetness with the kick of caffeine. It's um, They're amazing. Um, check them out. And if they still have the Austin Peterson called me a retard blend order bag because 50% of the profits from the sales of the Austin Peterson called me a retard blend goes to Wagons for Warriors, a wonderful veterans organization here in the heart of Missouri that takes care of of our local veteran community. They have purchased uh, therapy dogs for the Fort Leonard Wood USO. They have donated to, uh, to the Fisher house at the VA hospital in Columbia, Missouri. And they have helped do a lot for individual veterans here in the, uh, uh, Laclede, Pulaski, Camden County area. So please, again, if they have, they have the Austin Peterson called me a retard blend order bag. Check it out. Help support local veterans here in Missouri. And considering that he's an Iowa guy supporting troops down here, that is amazing. So thank you. Thank you, Dave, for that. Check out the other flavors. Again, my personal favorite of all the flavors I've had from them has to be the, uh, the Thomas Paine Age of Reason remix. That is 100% Robusta beans, well, while the flavor might not be as bright as Arabica beans, they do have quite the uh, caffeine kick. So that, that's one of those flavors that really just gets you gets your motor running first thing in the morning. So check them out, aprcoffee.com. All right, so one of the most polarizing figures in the modern U.S. military has retired or at least has begun his retirement leave. And that would be General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. On his way out the door, he had some interesting words. This is an article from Spokesman.com. General Mark A. Milley, the Joint Chiefs chairman who clashed with President Donald Trump, but found new footing under President Biden, reiterated his re- in his retirement speech Friday that the U.S. military is loyal to the Constitution above anything or anyone else. We don't take an oath to a king or a queen, to a tyrant or dictator or wannabe dictator, Milley said in an apparent reference to Trump. He had that troops did not risk their lives to watch this great experiment in democracy perish. <coughs> well, first of all, we're not an experiment in democracy you bloated, self-righteous, self-important goon. We are a freaking republic. Read the Constitution that they take an oath to uphold, Mark Milley. I ain't even going to call you general because you're retired. You no longer retain the rank. You can take your four stars and shove them up your backside. Anywho's, <coughs> Milley stepped aside Friday as his successor, General's Charles Q. Brown Jr. was sworn in to the top military post from military personnel at Joint Base Meyer-Henderson Hall in Virginia on a day filled with ceremonial traditions. That included Milley inspecting the units lined up in a large field at the base, some in Revolutionary War uniforms, a military band playing the national anthem, and the presentation of a retirement certificate. Brown will officially take over the post this weekend. Biden, alongside Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, another worthless piece of garbage, and Vice President Harris praised the general for providing advice that was steady to, and to the point. 
Biden also commended him for prioritizing American democracy above all else. Uh, when it comes to the Constitution, uh, uh, that has always been Mark's North Star. Really, well, was it his North Star when being concerned that Donald Trump may go to war with China over Taiwan, he went outside the chain of command and he called his counterpart in the People's Liberation Army, the Chinese Army, and said, hey, if he's going to go to war, I'm going to give you a heads up. Uh, I'm sorry. Where is that in your oath that you will that you will obey the orders of the president and bear true faith and allegiance to the same? <clears throat> if you didn't like Donald Trump, Mark Milley, why didn't you resign in protest? You could have dropped your retirement packet. Five years ago, when Donald Trump won, (laughs) why didn't you? If Donald Trump was so egregious as president that instead of resigning, you decide to make a public spectacle and then Act like you're this great, this great, you know, philosopher warrior that, you know, I'm always, always standing up for the Constitution. No. I'm sorry. I was not a huge Barack Obama fan. But you know what? I served eight years in the military under Barack Obama between the National Guard and active duty. Guess what? If he gave me an order as the president, as the commander-in-chief, as the supreme leader of the United States military, and it was lawful, it was constitutional. Guess what? I was going to do what he said because he's the president. And also being an enlisted man, I didn't have I didn't have the luxury of being able to say I'm resigning my enlistment in in protest to the president. I didn't have that luxury. Why didn't you use it? Mark Milley, oh, that's right, because you wanted that money. I mean, not that it matters because you're going to walk out and you're going to get a big, fat retirement package anyways. It's going to be bigger than anything I would have gotten as an enlisted soldier. And you're going to take, and you're going to get some government contractor, government contractor job you know, with one of the big defense industries, because, oh, Mark Milley, he's a four-star general. It's, you know, SOCOM, Special Forces, he, he'd be great to have here. He knows the guys who are in who do all the purchasing. He'll be, he'll be great. He can work us out some deals. That way we can still sell stuff to the government. Millie had a sometimes tumultuous four-year tenure, capping a career that spanned over four decades. He was one of the most consequential and polarizing tenures. He was? Oh, his was one of the most consequential and polarizing tenures of any military leader in recent memory. Millie was atop the Pentagon during the Trump administration's chaotic final months. The Biden administration's frantic withdrawal from Afghanistan and the ongoing effort to aid Ukraine as the Russian invasion draws closer to the two-year mark. To his frustrated critics, Milley often voiced his opinion on hot-button issues, notably defending a policy implemented after the U.S. Capitol attack in 2021 that mandated military personnel to study domestic extremism. In one viral moment stemming from Republican attacks, 
he told members of Congress, I want, I want to understand white rage, and I am white. Cool. That's awesome. Great. You want to do your, your navel-gazing, introspective, lefty bullcrap. Do it on your own time. But when you're using your official position to to push a political narrative because that's what all that is all the all the if you're white you're inherently racist if you're black you're inherently better than everyone else you're you're using your position as a general to push that on troops that is wrong it is immoral and you know it me as a leader could not tell my troops, hey, you need to find Jesus. Because proselytizing to the troops is bad. I could not I could not force troops to, to entertain my political beliefs. And believe me, I had soldiers who were crazy lefties. I should know. I would have discussions with them. I, I, I wanted to get to know my soldiers. And part of that is going, oh. Wait, you know, I don't agree with you on this. Here's what I believe, because that's how you build trust when you have a soldier who doesn't think the same way as you do, but you find that common ground to be able to be like, hey, you know what? We don't agree on stuff, but hey, I let you have your space to say it. I'm not going to use my position as your leader to denigrate you, to tell you you're wrong to tell you you need to think the way I think. If General Milley wants to understand wants to understand white rage, by all means go read some Ibram X Kendi, Mark. But when you tell the troops, when you tell the American soldiers, you tell the American Marines, airmen and sailors and whatever they call those Space Force weirdos, Guardians? I, I guess, Guardians. Um, When you tell them, hey, you're going to study this because, you know, I say you need to study it because blah, 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 blah. No. Know what that does within the troops? Know what that does within your command? It builds resentment. It builds resentment. Because now you have the the top brass saying, wait, because I'm white, I'm bad? Because I see social things going on that I think are racially motivated and it upsets me? That's a bad thing? I I have this internalized rage against people of another race just because of my skin color? No, Mark. You don't get to do that garbage as a leader in the military. And you damn well know it. You damn well know it. When when you talk about how you go before Congress and you get asked about drag queen story hours at DOD libraries and you say it's not happening and then a congressman brings up a brings up an image of a flyer from a military base advertising drag queen story hour at the DOD at the DOD library really you you helped you helped stonewall Donald Trump giving a legitimate order as the president of the United States, as the commander-in-chief against, you know, the the enlistment of trans people in the military because of other mental health issues they may have as on top of the transgender issue. You helped someone who I thought was going to be a great secretary of defense. Turns out he was just another political political scumbag you helped him stonewall that 
and not implement a direct order from the commander and freaking chief. I don't even know where I'm at anymore. Uh, supporters lauded Milley for staying up to what they viewed as Trump's dangerous ambitions. After the police killing of George Floyd in 2020, when Trump called for clearing demonstrators out of Lafayette Square near the White House, Milley initially walked alongside the president and other top administration officials as they marched to a church for a photo opportunity. The general peeled off from the prof- from the procession, and later issued a public apology saying it was a mistake to be there. My presence in that moment, in, in that environment, created the perception of the military involved in domestic politics. No. And, like I said, I have no clue who spokesman is. I have no clue what their political leanings are. But the facts of the Lafayette Square thing, it was not Donald Trump ordering it done. They were cleared out because, you know, they had contractors working on fences around the White House. And these peaceful protesters were throwing rocks at them. They injured workers. So Capitol Police and D.C. Metro Police cleared out the protesters because they were literally causing harm to uninvolved workers. But Mark Milley never, never missing an opportunity to proselytize his bullshit. Come out and he proselytize his bull. On Friday, the leaders interspersed warnings with a lighter tone. Milley joked the very fact that it was the last time the public would hear him in uniform was cause for applause. You damn right. Now we're going to hear you out of uniform on CNN, MSNBC, as Military analyst Mark Milley, and they're going to call him general because blah, a country that does not have titles, does not have nobility, still, oh, you were an ambassador for five minutes? Now you were Ambassador Brown. You were Secretary of the Interior for two years. No one knows who you are, but you're still Mr. Secretary. You are a retired general. Now you are general for life. No one calls me Sergeant Morgan because, oh, you served in the military. You were a sergeant. Cool, you're going to retain that rank as a civilian. No. The only time Sergeant Morgan gets brought up is if I'm relaying a story about my time in service and I'm quoting somebody and say, hey, Sergeant Morgan. That's the only time. I don't demand people call me by a rank I no longer hold. When people do it, I'm going, no, 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 stop that crap. I'm not in the military anymore. I'm no longer a sergeant. Don't do it. But these guys, oh, they, they, they love the filleting that comes from when people, oh, general, oh, ambassador, oh, secretary. They, 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 love, they love that glock, glock, glock noise that comes when people start pimping their titles that they no longer hold. And Austin teased Millie about wearing his Boston roots on his sleeve while quoting Boston Bruins hockey great Bobby Orr, blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Before welcoming Brown and thanking Millie for his service, Biden paid tribute to Diane Feinstein, the Democratic senator from California who died Thursday, age 90. Yes, very sad. Anyway, Diane made her mark on everything from national security. Yeah. Like when she had a Chinese spy driving for her for 20 years. That was a great mark on national security. Gun safety to protecting civil liberties. Ah, uh, yes. The, when, like when she was mayor of San Francisco and she protected the civil liberties of one. Yeah, gum it. Richard Ramirez. I hate when my brain just, right when I need to say the name. Yes, she protected the civil liberties of Richard Ramirez when as mayor of San Francisco and Richard Ramirez committed one of his night stalker murders within the city of San Francisco. She was briefed on the issue, briefed on what they had found. And then she goes out and holds a press conference and all the stuff 
that the police said, hey, we're not making this public. She made public. She protected his civil liberties by giving up protected information. That way, he could see it on the news, hear about it on the radio, read about it in the newspaper, and like uh, the style of shoes he's wearing. Ah, crap. You know what shoes I have? I'm going to go buy a new pair of shoes and we'll get rid of these. Because they never found they never found those uh, Avia shoes on him that he was that he left all of his uh, footprints in L.A. Yeah, good work, Diane. Amazing job protecting his civil liberties. <clears throat> After about forty-five minutes of ceremonies, including musical numbers and presentations of the colors, Millie asked Brown to raise his right hand. Thank my troops. And his wife, the outgoing chief, then swore in Brown, saying his successor was the right person. Yeah, the, the right person lead job. Another left-wing social justice moron. Great. Our military's in such great hands between Joe Biden and his. I want to push my social agenda and not actually develop the most lethal technologically advanced killing force this world has ever seen because they're pushing us to world war three, but they're making our military a freaking joke. The two then saluted each other and shook hands with Biden, Austin and Harris and in speech Brown says a tremendous privilege, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Yeah, it's, frankly, I'm glad to see that Millie is gone. Millie can no longer have a horrible effect. Unfortunately, there's things that Millie should have been held accountable for. For instance, as the leading military advisor to the President of the United States, as the one guy who would sit with the other, with the chiefs of staff of the other branches, get a feel for where they're at, what they're feeling, and then go to the president. He was the top military advisor who said, hey, you know, just uh, let's close Bagram, and we'll give that to the Afghans. We'll move everything to Kabul, and then we'll leave in an absolute Charlie Foxtrot. He helped advise as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. He was there with other command leaders, because chairman of the Joint Chiefs is not a command position. It's an advisory position. He was there with other command leaders. He was there with the Secretary of the Army, with the cabinet-level positions, the, the secretaries of the branches. He was there with the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, another failed general. I guess Peter Principal, you just keep failing up. Because Afghanistan, Mark Milley is one of the number of people who should have felt faced some sort of uh, repercussions for that absolute garbage. Kind of like the commander from the 82nd Airborne who stopped the guys from Operation Pineapple who are bringing in American citizens, bringing in uh people who have uh the special the special visas because they were translators or workers who we promised to get them out of that country and a full bird colonel just stops stops veterans who were better men than him from doing what they went over there to do to get those people out. That guy won't be held accountable. Hell, he's probably already been promoted to general. 
I, I'm glad to at least see if he's not going to be held accountable for any of the stupid, hot garbage he put our military through for the last four years, five years, six years, however long it's been that he's been sitting in that position. I'm at least glad to see him gone. Unfortunately, like I said, he will either get some speaking position as a military analyst, so we'll still have to see him on one of the uh, big news outlets. Or he's going to get a contract, get some sort of defense contractor job. You know, Raytheon, uh, Lockheed Martin, one one of them. Again, selling really expensive stuff made by the lowest bidder. And just having a continuing negative influence on our military. So, Mark Milley, congratulations on your retirement. Please do the military a favor and just fade into the sunset, go away, and hide your fat, ugly face. And please do your own genuflecting, do your own navel-gazing. And see if what people who are veterans, who say mean things about you, look at yourself and see if maybe, maybe there's something to what we are saying. All right, that's going to wrap up the show for this week. Again, I'd like to apologize for the last couple of weeks. I've been having a lot of connectivity issues. Last week we had really bad storms. I couldn't couldn't uh, keep a good steady uh, internet connection because of it. Hopefully this week turned out better and I didn't have, I don't go to move this over to YouTube or rumble and find out that's in like 18 different pieces. That's been a thing last few weeks because cut out, come back on, cut out, come back on. And it just uh, makes a bunch of different segments. It's, it's a pain. Um, again, those of you who are listening on, on the, uh, on the podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you are new to the podcast, please, 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 I ask nicely. In fact, I, I'm almost to the point of begging that you please subscribe. Hit the subscribe button, follow button on Apple because, you know, to Apple, if you subscribe, you're paying for it, but I digress. You know, so subscribe or follow. Once you've done that, please rate the show. Five stars, all except four. Three and below um, on the bottom of my screen. I have to figure out which hand is actually going to point at that. If you're watching on the screen on the YouTubes or the Rumbles, you will see you can follow me on Twitters. So if you want to give me a three or below, you can follow me at fake Tyler Morgan. Hell, you don't even have to follow me. You can just DM me. My DMs are open. Tell me why. Please explain why you have to give me a three or below. If it's incredibly insulting, loaded with ad hominem, believe me, I will listen. I will take your comments to heart. So that way I do better. And then I will proceed to make fun of your ad hominem on the show. It will be amazing. Or I'll screenshot the messages and I'll share them on Twitter because I am that guy who will screenshot and share private messages with the rest of the world. It will be fun. Just keep that in mind. If you think I'm a one, be nice, and I won't make fun of you. But it's awesome. Thank you so very much. Uh, again, anyways, once you have rated it, please write a review. Say something nice. Explain why you like the show. Or if you want to be the, the ad hominem guy who calls me a, what is that? I, I believe that says, wannabe Alex Jones. Cool beans. Well, you know, say something like that. that. That's cool. It's awesome. Maybe someone will read it and go, ha, he must have really made that guy back. I see what he's saying. Either way, I really don't care. It's awesome. I appreciate it. And it's, it's one of those things, regardless of how positive or negative the uh, reactions are, granted the five stars will get me, will help out the algorithm monsters better, but, you know, interactions, interaction. And I highly appreciate the engagement, it's always fun. Once you have rated it, reviewed it, and subscribed, please share the episode since someone who you think will enjoy it, since someone who you think this will piss them off. Either way, I can live with it. 
Again, thank you so very much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show to donate there or relentlessdaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from purpleplanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1.7